0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, June 9th. I'm Julia Caulfield.
1: And I'm Matt Hoysh.
0: In today's headlines, San Miguel County prepares for harsh wildfire season.
1: Nucla and Natarita designated international dark sky community.
0: Library looks back on pandemic with community memories.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
0: Tuesday morning, San Miguel County residents walked outside to a smoky haze and the smell of wildfire.
2: There's a number of large fires, dozens of large fires in New Mexico and in Arizona. And um, uh, with the winds coming out of the southwest right now, it's pushing those those smoke columns into our valley.
0: That's John Chorosky, Fire Division Chief for the Telluride Fire Protection District. While those fires aren't in San Miguel County, the Protection District is preparing for what it anticipates will be a hard fire season. Protection District Chief John Bennett notes they're looking at drought maps and precipitation forecasting across the state.
2: Quite frankly, you look at these maps and I think we all have some concern. And it's not out of an effort to strike fear in people, but I gotta say, people need to take some self-action and be prepared.
0: With that, San Miguel County, in collaboration with the towns of Telluride and Mountain Village and the Telluride Visitor Center, is working to increase awareness for fire safety and mitigation this summer. San Miguel County Sheriff Bill Masters says the goal is to inform both residents and visitors about fire safety and prevention, but also evacuation. He points to fires in California that he could imagine happening in the region.
3: Frankly, our
2: geography and uh, and uh, our uh, roadways are similar to, uh, and our fuel sources, obviously, our, our forest uh, are similar similar to some of those areas in California, um, for instance, only having one road in and one road out in areas, and uh, narrow roads that are often congested during the summertime. And... Um, if you added on top of that the uh, uh, a wildfire and possible evacuations of certain areas of our county, we could have a real um, difficult mess on our hands.
0: Aside from the worst case scenario of wildfire causing evacuations, Bennett and Trotsky point to a number of individual actions every person can take. For one, Trotsky says don't smoke outside.
2: When you burn 100 and 120 acres like the Alta fire did, um, you know, that was someone just enjoying a puff uh, while riding a bicycle, and that started a 120-acre fire up at Alta, Alta Lakes in 2002.
0: Bennett adds making sure fires are completely out at a campsite. And completely out to me mean, means that you can take
2: your hand and put it in the ash, and you're not pulling that hand out. So that's cold to the touch. Okay. The other significant response that we had last year was makeshift camperings where somebody's like, oh, look, a nice flat spot. We're in the grass. We'll dig a little dirt. Unrecognizably, there's root in that dirt. And if those roots catch fire, the fire might feel cool, but they're still burning underground and they will pop up outside of that makeshift camp
0: He notes it's also important for homeowners to take steps toward mitigation. That's clearing brush and trees close to a home, but it's also looking at the house itself.
2: As a general practice, we really encourage folks to you know, look at their properties, and it's not just about the forest fuel, but looking at what kind of materials they use to build their homes. Uh, more and more research is showing that it's not the actual fire front that is destroying um, assets at risk. It's actually the, f- the the embers that are being thrown anywhere of a mile to two miles ahead of that fire front that are starting things like shake shingle uh, roofing decks that that are cluttered with material clutter under decks that kind of allow that path of the fire to then climb onto the house and, and create a structure fire
0: for this summer Trotsky says the district is preparing for the large season. They're adding staff, conducting trainings, working on mitigation efforts. To Bennett, it's a mix of the personal work of residents in the county and the institutional work from the protection district.
2: It's almost like a dance. Okay. We're we're trying to set everybody up with this pregame and then we're going to to the dance with, with some skill rather than two left feet.
0: And besides the threat of property damage or the potential loss of life due to wildfire, Bennett says it's about looking out for the environment. I
2: think just to, to be really be cognizant and be stewards of our land is a great place to start. Be aware of what impact you're actually having.
0: The Fire Protection District and the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office encourages everyone to develop an evacuation plan in the case of a wildfire. Up-to-date information on fires, smoke, and air quality is at airnow.gov. Residents can also visit cowildfire.org for site visits and tools towards fire mitigation. All residents and visitors are also encouraged to sign up for Code Red for emergency information in the case of a serious event. Individuals can sign up for Code Red at sanmiguelcountyco.gov.
1: Deb Stieber traces her love for the night sky back to her father.
3: He taught astronomy, geology, and earth science. And he was also an amateur photographer and got a telescope back in the 60s for the high school that I attended. And so he always had an astronomy club. And so I was influenced by him.
1: But today, she worries about what the next generation will see when they look up.
3: There's so many kids now. They're not being able to see the stars
1: That's why she was happy last month when the International Dark Sky Association recognized Nucla and Natarita as an international dark sky community. Stieber is one of the members of the public who has been pushing for local dark sky policies for the last year and a half as part of the West End Dark Sky Alliance, which formed in 2020. The designation acknowledges the community's dedication to the preservation of the night sky, Last year, both towns passed ordinances to promote what Stieber describes as smart lighting.
3: It's not about getting rid of lighting. It's about using lighting in the best possible ways for the health and safety of everybody.
1: That means using the right light at the right place at the right intensity to reduce unnecessary light and light pollution.
3: It's kind of a simple thing, you know, well, what are you trying to light up? Well, the sidewalk. Okay, then why are we lighting up, you know, the garage that's next door or, you know, the light is spreading out further than it needs to?
1: The town, Steber explains, have agreed to shade all their publicly owned lights and convert them to lower intensity sources. Private lighting, she notes, will have to meet the requirements as new construction is built or existing buildings are remodeled. With the recent designation, Nuclea and Natarita join a pretty elite list as one of 32 recognized dark sky communities around the world. Ridgway and Norwood are also on that list. And other parts of the region may soon come under new dark sky-friendly lighting rules. San Miguel County is considering new lighting requirements for its land use code. County Planning Director Kay Simonson notes the changes would not only save energy and reduce light pollution, but could also help local economies.
3: Astro tourism, astrophotography, it's becoming a really big thing. So this could uh, actually, you know, help some of our rural communities in that regard, being a place that people who want to participate know that they can come here and see the skies.
1: According to Simonson, the Board of County Commissioners will consider the land use code changes in the coming weeks. A celebration of Nucleah and Natarita's new designation as an international dark sky community will take place at the Natarita Community Center from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday, June 19th.
0: It may sometimes feel like 2020 happened, COVID shocked the world, but then a switch was flipped and the pandemic is over. For Joanna Spindler, she feels like there's a bit of whiplash.
4: I think that there has been, frankly, enormous cultural trauma from the Real, real difficulties that people experienced through the COVID-19 pandemic. And I think it, although there is a really strong urge and desire right now to jump back into what's normal, I think it's really important to process that as much as we can as a community and hold support for one another.
0: Spindler is an adult program specialist at the Wilkinson Public Library. That feeling of whiplash led her to develop a pandemic acknowledgement
4: display situated in the stairwell of the library. There's a space basically created for people to share their experiences via writing um, and a space to write thank you notes for those that deserve some gratitude after pandemic experiences, a place to talk about your grief, your gratitude, the things that you learned, the things that you've lost, um, just through simple kind of dropping by and leaving little notes. There is
0: also an opportunity to record voice notes or memories to air on Kodo. The display is newly up, but Spindler notes there have already been a number of submissions
4: to the wall. Here's a really lovely one. It says, watching the community get vaccinated really lifted my spirits. And then, you know, there's sad things. There's like heavier things. There's, you know, I know at least eight people who had to skip their 2020 weddings. Um, There's more joy about the vaccine, fully vaccinated family of four. Um, And then there's some poetry from local creators, Art Goodtimes and Rosemary Watola-Tromer. She says it's a small gesture, but a touch point to mark the year we've all been through. Watching our community come out of the incredibly upheavity year that has been, you know, 2020 and everyone's experience with COVID and then, then beyond, Um, I think people needed a touchstone, like a cultural marker to come together and kind of acknowledge all of the experiences that we've had and continue to have because of the pandemic.
0: The pandemic acknowledgement display at the Wilkinson Public Library will be up through the month of June and maybe beyond. Everyone is welcome to stop by and share their memories, thoughts, photos and art from the COVID pandemic.
1: The key to a good plan is knowing when and how to change it. This year, the town of Mountain Village is amending one of its guiding documents, the Comprehensive Plan. Adopted in 2011, the comp plan was meant to be a 30-year roadmap for the community. But 10 years in, the town feels it needs a revision. Next Wednesday, community members will have a chance to provide some input for the update. Representatives from MIG, the firm facilitating the amendment process, will present the economic data that will inform the changes. The team will then be available for questions and comments from the audience. The data presented will include analyses of retail sales, sales tax, town revenue and employment trends, and short-term rental occupancy. The Mountain Village Comprehensive Plan Public Forum will take place on Wednesday, June 16th, at 5.30 p.m. Members of the public are welcome to attend in person in Mountain Village Town Hall or over Zoom. A recording of the session will also be posted afterwards online.
0: Snowpack across Colorado is melting faster than usual. That's due to above-average temperatures and below-average snowfall last month. Statewide snowpack is at 74% of the median, and almost every major basin is at below normal levels. That's according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture Natural Resources Conservation Service. Over 60% of measuring stations have melted out fully across the state, with the majority of those in the southern mountains. As of June 1st, the Gunnison and combined San Miguel, Dolores, Animas, and San Juan River basins are at roughly 40% of median snowpack. The Rio Grande River Basin is at roughly 30%. Further north, the Gunnison River Basin is at 40% its median snowpack, and the combined Yampa-White-North Platte Basin is about 50%, and the Colorado Basin is just over 60%. According to the USDA, below normal snowfall this past winter will likely mean drought conditions will persist statewide this summer.
1: Across America, different communities have different ways to celebrate the 4th of July. Picnics, parades, barbecues. It's not too surprising that in Telluride, one way we celebrate is by running up a mountain. The Telluride Foundation will host the 11th annual Rundala this Independence Day at 8 a.m. The uphill foot race challenges runners to get from the base of the gondola on the Telluride side to the top of the ridge, taking any path they choose, whether the zigzagging Telluride Trail or a straight shot bushwhack. COVID precautions will be in place for this year's race. The event is capped at 475 participants. There will be no common water-filling stations. Registration will be non-contact, and there will be no awards ceremony after the race. Prizes and awards will be available for pickup the next day. Masks are required for non-vaccinated racers who cannot distance from other participants, but fully vaccinated racers do not have to wear masks. The current men's record is held by Daniel Kraft, who ran in 2012 with a time of 21 minutes, 43.36 seconds. The current women's record is held by Nora Conan, who in 2013 got to the top in 27 minutes, 29.81 seconds. More information about the 2021 Rundula and how to register is available at my.raceresult.com 169070.
0: From banning plastic bags to changing who can purchase firearms to overhauling how our roads are funded, Colorado lawmakers did a lot before they gaveled their session to close on Tuesday night. KOTO's Scott Franz looks at how some of the decisions could affect your life.
5: Lawmakers started the session with the same top priority, helping those impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. Four months ago, they announced the Colorado comeback. Here's Carbondale Republican Senator Bob Rankin.
3: We not just stimulate the economy, but when we get through our budget, our state finances are in a much better shape.
5: The $800 million will help residents get broadband connections and small businesses get new loans. But while lawmakers found common ground on a stimulus package, a proposal to lower health care costs was controversial. I think about the type 1 diabetic who who might have to drop her insurance because it's too expensive. Democrat Dylan Roberts of Avon fought for a so-called public insurance option backed by the state government. He said premiums would go down on the individual market because they would be competing with private plans, which have a monopoly in some mountain and rural counties. We're hoping that these price reduction goals will be able to start as soon as possible, which will be the plan plan year 2023. But even some Democrats were skeptical, including Joanne Janal of Fort Collins.
3: Nothing in this bill explains how it will actually save money for the people who need this the most.
5: Aggressive lobbying from the healthcare industry effectively killed the public option, turning it into a less ambitious plan instead. Supporters say residents could still see premiums drop by 15% in the next three years, but that remains to be seen.
2: It's a report of a possible active shooter at King Supers.
5: While lawmakers were in the thick of the healthcare debate, a tragedy turned their attention to something else.
1: 590, you said staging was at. It- Table
5: Senator Steve Finberg of Boulder joined other Democrats in calling for gun reforms after the shooting that claimed 10 lives.
1: Coloradans have wanted change since 1999, after Columbine. They've wanted change since 2012, after the Aurora Theater shooting. And they've once again asked for change over the past month.
5: So he and other lawmakers from the Boulder area introduced three gun bills to let cities pass tougher laws, create a new state office to tackle the issue, and expand background checks. Republicans opposed all three measures, especially background checks. Senator John Cook of Greeley called it worthless.
4: This bill will do absolutely nothing once again. But again, we can go back, man, we did something really important We're making you feel good.
5: But those most impacted by the shooting saw things differently. I lost more than three co-workers and two friends on March 22nd. I lost my sense of safety. Joel Loomis works at the King Supers. He testified during the hearing to block gun sales to people convicted of violent misdemeanors. Americans deserve the right to be and feel safe in a spa, in a movie theater, or in the grocery store. They deserve freedom from death from the barrel of a gun in the wrong hands. The bill's passed, along with three others planned before the Boulder shooting. Supporters are celebrating this as one of the most productive sessions for gun violence prevention. And just over a year after George Floyd's murder, Democrats sent Polis more police reforms, including new limits on when officers can resort to deadly force.
3: We want no more death. We only want justice.
5: Leslie Harrod leads the Black Caucus and sponsored many of the bills.
3: In Colorado, we will lead the way to continue to ensure that law enforcement officers who act in a way that is murderous and deadly are held accountable.
5: Lawmakers even passed bills that could soon change how you vote. One aims to promote the use of ranked choice voting, which lets people select multiple candidates and have the ranking come into play if no one captures a majority. It was also a banner year for another big issue. This
1: bill is for you. It's to finally fix our damn roads.
5: Governor Polis helped advance a $5.4 billion transportation package that will dramatically change how Colorado pays for road work over the next decade. Starting next year, billions of dollars will be raised in fees when residents buy gas, order something from Amazon, or hop in an Uber or Lyft. Kevin Priola of Adams County was the only Republican on board with the bill. I'm confident this plan will create a sustainable funding source that will not be able to be monkeyed with by future legislatures. In all, lawmakers debated more than 600 bills, including measures to limit how much medical marijuana patients can buy. And you'll also be able to keep getting your favorite cocktails delivered from your local restaurants for at least four more years. I'm Scott Franz at the state capitol.
1: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly cloudy skies tonight with a low in the mid-30s. Thursday expects sunny skies with a high in the mid-70s and Thursday night clear skies with a low in the mid-30s and wind gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Friday should be sunny with a high around 80 and wind gusts as high as 20 miles per hour and Friday night clear skies with a low around 40. This has been the news for Wednesday, June 9th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. And now, a personal commentary.
0: Attention parents with young children. Do you have questions about your toddler? Bright Futures is partnering with local toddler experts to bring you a free virtual panel discussion, All About Toddlers. Hi, this is Madeline with Bright Futures. All About Toddlers will take place in English on Wednesday, June 23rd from 7 to 8 p.m. on Zoom. During this discussion, we will cover topics like toilet learning, tantrums, development, and independent activity ideas for toddlers. For more information or to register, please visit our website, brightfuturesforchildren.org. You can also email me at madeline at brightfuturesforchildren.org